So the other day, uh, I was listening to a uh, different podcast, and I had uh, actually asked them the question, if you could be any old school universal monster, like the mummy, uh, werewolf, old school Dracula, you know, which one would you be and why? Hunchback of Notre Dame. You forgot that was a universal monster. Really? It was? Yes, it was. Lon Chaney was uh, one of the first to do all of the roles, including the hunchback. He really wanted to bring it to life, and he is included as part of that lineup. I honestly do not remember that movie. And See, like, with me, I, I gotta go Dracula, because he always seemed like to have that, that class, that style, that charisma... And I mean, it doesn't help. It doesn't hurt to have uh, Bella Lugosi play you either. So <laughs> the slick back hair always kind of turned me off a little bit. But I mean, hello, my name is Dracula. I wish you welcome. I think you just like to ham it up, and that's why you would pick Dracula. How dare you, me, ham it up? You think that I like to ham... You think I like to overact. Would you like some more scenery to chew on, darling? I mean, this piece right here is really chewing. Mm, it's really good. She's Elizabeth. He's Aaron. And, and we're, we're married, married to, to the, the idea. idea. Where we are... Gonna do the plug party first so we don't forget it. Yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us on Facebook at Married to the Idea. Twerry... Twitter. Twerry. Twitter at married number two the idea Gmail married to the idea reviews at gmail.com and if you forget any of those you can check out our website married to the idea to find all those we are also streaming on SoundCloud and iTunes yeah I've I've heard like some people are on other places and other venues but so far i mean i've not heard that oh we we desperately need to go on to any place but i mean if you have a suggestion out there that you really want us to have on there like man you really need to be on spotify or something like that just we're not on spotify yet yet <laughs> we can't steal that joke Aaron. and that's from my other podcast that i was a guest on this week i see i only heard the little bit of that so i don't know if i don't know the full extent of that joke and plus, you can download it from both SoundCloud and iTunes, and they both host it. And it's it's nice. And plus, having it multiple places means that if something happens to one, that we have it in other places. It's all about RSS feeds. But now, if someone wanted to invite us to be on their network, now that'd be cool. Yeah, that's true. We are we are not we are not network we are, affiliated. We are unrepresented. In case anyone's listening, with the power yeah. and and money for the lucrative world of podcast hosting. In case someone wants a uh, a married couple that rants about movies and why they are either terrible or awesome. A married couple with no children that somehow still can't do one podcast a week. Yeah, that we have now bumped down to uh, once every other week. But I'm glad that we get to do it this week. And I'm glad that I let you pick a stupid movie to go off of. Because here I am wanting to do movies like Ex Machina and Long Way North. You're like, you know what? No. Let's find a movie that's completely free on YouTube with a terrible, terrible name and go for it. And see, like, after last week with doing Infinity War and we've got 
you know, ideas and plans. And, and, and now I that really, we've lost all of our viewers. Yeah, exactly. Um, maybe we'll gain some of them back or we'll get different ones with this completely random movie that I found. I knew after we had just delved into the insanity that was Infinity War and or like, or rather, like you said, actually, um, lost some of our viewers or listeners. And with the crazy amount of work going into what we couldn't say before, but we can say now that we are buying our very first house, closing on it next week, we knew we had to have a little bit of brevity. Hence, my mom's a werewolf. I guys, I because I think I had found through uh, Facebook the Tammy and the T Rex. Um, I was like, this can't be real. No, it's real, and it's on YouTube, and we watched it. Um, and the the latest edition in our completely free on YouTube or slash. How did they make this? Should have been rift, or should be rift. Um, collection, if you will. And this is 100% free on YouTube. It's actually a part of a playlist called um, Craptastic or Craptaculars or something (laughs) like that. uh, That someone has made that people like people go on there and they will like like they will rip VHS tapes onto DVDs or onto file format so that they can put it up on YouTube. And actually, this is public domain. The company that put this movie on is no longer a business, so they there's no rights out there right now. Now, Aaron, when you pitched this movie to me, you sold me a bill of goods that I ended up not buying because you said this was a stupid movie I could put on in the background and work during. 15 minutes into this movie, I knew I wasn't getting any work done. Oh, uh, now see... Sit I- back, put it on full screen, and just watch. I see. This was definitely a movie that I could work while I was watching. This wasn't the same level of stupidity that Tammy and the T-Rex was. I would say Tammy and the T-Rex was more ambitious than this particular movie. I would agree. This this had a thought, but it didn't reach as far. It definitely um it definitely held back on some uh, areas. It it had some interesting thought processes and concepts, but it didn't uh Those who are looking for a very in-depth exploration of the lore on werewolves you are sorely mistaken this is not your film this is like a low budget watered down werewolf version of fright night like the with fright night being a weird suburbia vampire movie this is a weird suburbia version uh werewolf movie yeah there were already from the get-go opening crawls there were things that happened that I immediately said, ah, a Harry production. Boo. Produced yeah. by Stephen J. Wolf. Boo. Honestly, I didn't even notice. That. I was yeah. waiting for these puns, Aaron. When you give me a movie called My Mom's a Werewolf, I am expecting puns of the highest order. Truth be told, they had way more opportunities or they had way more 
they they didn't make those kind of puns. They didn't make like, you know... The last 10 minutes of this movie is what I wanted this whole movie to be. Exactly. Like, okay, yeah, there's spoilers in this movie, but this movie is 30 years old. This was made in like the early 80s. It's free on YouTube if you want to watch it for an hour and a half of your life that you can never, ever get back. Uh, for those fellow uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 slash Rift Track slash Cinematic Titanic fans out there, this is like prime for this like this needs to be rift this this is this is paced in a way that is is perfect for riffing so but yeah this is this free on youtube my mom's a werewolf go search it it's uh, absolutely it's it's fun it's a it's a fun little romp so they weave the idea of werewolf transformation in with suburbia and extramarital affairs in just the absurdest way possible we have a mom who is given a daughter that we now see she is close to because she says i'm close to you and a husband who pays her no attention because she says he pays her no attention finding herself at the mercy of a werewolf who seduces her and bites her and she begins to transform very 80s costume style hilariously into a werewolf at very inopportune times like the werewolf movies of universal with where our little opening came into how they did that kind of slow transition and with the pictures of like one picture and then the next picture and then the next picture it almost was like that but it was still moving at the same time the best friend they had an opportunity with the best friend that the show Santa Clarita Diet took way more advantage of that this movie had the idea and then did not take advantage of. Oh, they painted geek culture in a very unflattering light. Yeah, the the early days of conventions and cons and, and expos were, were it just it was just a very much a... Uh, it was the wild west of geek culture, almost. She reminded me of Kimmy Gobbler from Full House. Oh, God, yeah. Super annoying, like, hey, can you let me borrow $165? Why? For this magazine? It's a number 12. A number 12. That does bring us to perhaps one of the most enjoyable characters of the movie, the fortune teller. Honestly, she she was a interesting spot in this entire movie. It I, was at this point that jokes suddenly landed that should have been present throughout the entirety of this movie. Mm-hmm. We have the two girls go in, of course, the daughter of our titled mom is skeptical. And she I also, so. yeah, because she steals her friend's wallet from... By, by from- accident. It was a funny little coincidence that that happened the way that it did, but it was still... I, I, I enjoyed that little part. So they sit down at the table and she looks at the setup that she has and she has two crystal balls on the table and she makes a comment, why do you have two crystal balls? She looks up, I like a second opinion and then just goes back into the reading and if every bit of humor was as n- nuanced and fourth wall breaking as that, I would have been just eternally happy. I thought they were going with that because the second crystal ball is literally... The thing that you put your hand on when you're in middle school to make your hair stand up on end. Yeah, the where you put your fingers your on it. Your electro ball. Yeah. 
it uh, and it goes to your finger and it's and it's you know exact that thing that you you're seeing in your head right now that's exactly what it is every child had that a lava lamp and a poster from daredevil in their room all i can think of is mid 2000s this movie is not a mid 2000s movie and yet that's all i can think of uh, all i can think of is whenever people say about posters in your room is the uh the final one of the final scenes or one of the final th- uh, lines in uh, boondock scenes is like you're gonna see in a boy's or a kid's room it's gonna be batman superman and the boondock saints and literally at one point in time in my room i had batman justice league which had superman on it and then the boondock saints they reference themselves in the boondock saints i forgot that part they don't reference themselves but they say that we will idolize them so wait does that mean that boondock saints is a precursor to the saints road game series no no, because it's the not, saints not become idolized, and no, then not that intelligently. No, no. As 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 much credit as I want to give, um, uh, Duffy, Joy Duffy. It, it, no, it is not that. It, not on that level. No. That's a real bummer because I thought I made a really deep connection there. <laughs> Back on um, my uh, my mom's a werewolf. We're we're gonna keep going this direction that you're going, but I have. The weirdest connection that we're going to come back to, and you are going to flip your lid. Oh, just tell me now. I mean, I'm so like, tired. Tell me now. I can't remember. No, we're going to go through the. We're going to go through the whole plot, and then I'm gonna. Then I'm gonna. I'm gonna tell you the the connection. Okay. All right. Well, the whole plot is that she turns into a werewolf. But pretty much. But the weirdest thing. This movie is one of those movies. I I kind of would put it in the same vein as. Taming the T-Rex. This movie exists in its weird little world, in its own, like, universe. Like, this movie could not exist in other universes. It is so strange. These characters act in such a unique way. Like, the father is so uniquely douchebaggy. and Until the end. Yeah. Like, I'm telling you, there's a movie in here... Again, I have said it before, best to remake movies that are absolute shit so we can actually have good things in our lives. There is a movie inside My Moms Are Werewolf, something about the sexual awakening of a bored housewife coming into her own confidence and power, turning the man that she is married to back to her side. He becomes better through that experience and loves her unconditionally even as she transforms and metamorphosizes and her daughter and her mom have a really strong relationship and the daughter really cares about her and their family it's there's something inside here that wants to get out so are you saying that because this woman turns into a werewolf that she makes everyone else better around her not even that it's I wouldn't call it a morality tale. I don't think you could spin it that way. Okay. But more so that by becoming more confident in her own life, it encourages her neglectful husband to return to why he liked her. It is never implied that her being a werewolf makes her different, really. When we look at their relationship before and after... The only weird things that she does are having teeth or weird hair in weird places. At the end, when the cops bust in and they say, this wild animal, that's your wife? And the husband says, well, you gotta, 
got to know her like I do. Like that's to know her. Yeah, that's that's the humor I'm looking for. That's that's the the heart right there where even this crazy wolf creature, he looks at her and he is remembering I mean that's basically what the actual werewolf tells her. The reason why he doesn't kill her like so many other women who have died in the area is because he sees something different in her. And the movie does a terrible job of showing it. But uh, if you had a real movie go and talk about how she is motherly but also strong and confident, if she had all of these said character qualities actually show instead of tell, we could have a very interesting character study here, I think. It's and it's interesting and I I mean um I did the the thought process of instead of having the husband be like just a terrible guy and neglectful and you know he's not cheating on her and but it almost you almost got the feeling that he might be but he works too much and he doesn't spend time with her but when he's at home he only wants to watch football and uh, hang out with his buddies and drink beer and stuff like that. You know, what if he was a good husband, you know, maybe a little neglectful, but still a good husband and, and this and that, um, but she still does go to a pet store and, you know, and she does get bit by an animal and well, start turning think... into it. They, you know, what if, in, what if instead of like the husband being terrible, the husband was so good, but like it still went the way that it did. Well, then again, I think we have the Santa Clarita diet. And, and you're right. That's, I, again, I think that this idea of this, not necessarily the bored housewife, but the, the suburbia, the, the supernatural in the suburbia being explored is being done again in a good way in Santa Clarita diet. Do you, there are people out there that don't like this series. And actually someone who doesn't like it says the biggest problem is Drew Barrymore. And I find her to be the best, one of the best parts. Oh, I like Tim- Timothy Oliphant better. For oh, me, he's I think such a great actor. The problem of Santa Clarita diet is it becomes very easy to say that she is making their lives a living hell. Mm-hmm. And she can't help it. So it's not like she's being evil on purpose, but it almost makes me think of a person living with a debilitating illness that requires constant attention. They don't want it to be happening to them. No one else in their lives wants it to be happening to them, but they have to deal with it. And there's a some part of all of them that thinks if this, if she just wasn't here, this would be all better. As much as we don't want it to be, there's that little selfish part in all of our reptilian brains that says... Just kill the thing that has the other, and we can get back to a seemingly normal life. Yeah, like and you like how you said with the when someone has an illness like that, there's always that little part of you that says, "Well, what if this person wasn't here? What if this person didn't have an illness anymore?" And again, that's um, that's that's not to say anything wrong. These are all human emotions. I'm not speaking as some of our moral high yeah. ground on this. I don't think. <laughs> I don't think my mom's a werewolf gets anywhere close to talking about that. No, but my, neither... my mom's a werewolf uh, almost gets into uh, the graduate territory. Even it, it, it toys around with some interesting ideas. Like this movie could have been an interesting character study if it didn't suffer from a lot of weird '80s tropes, like the bored housewife experimenting with lycanthropy. <laughs> So she goes about her day, uh, she actually goes out shopping, and, and that's where she meets the, the werewolf who takes a liking to her, who actually, like, seduces her and bites her, and that's what gives her the, you know, the werewolf. Yeah. Um, 
And I think that there's something to be said about the, they really do plant every piece very purposefully here. There's not a single part of this movie that isn't completely foreshadowed previously. There are, they set up pins that they then knock down. There's no surprises here. Yeah, there's not like, and it's like, well, maybe we could do something fun this weekend. Uh-oh, it looks like her husband's actually spending time with the boys again. One thing that was actually a surprise to me, the dentist scene. Yeah, did anyone else get Little Shop of Horrors vibes out of that? Little Shops of Horrors mixed with, like, Finding Nemo, such almost any, like, misunderstanding in a dentist office scene that you've ever th- heard of. I just don't understand why she stayed there when clearly this dentist office was a front for a prostitution ring. I don't think it was a front for a, uh, a prostitution ring. I don't think that at all. I think this dude was just really into her or was actually being slightly seduced by her because she was a werewolf. Because if you think about it, like that was part of the in this trope not trope um it, it, when you're a werewolf in this mythos you can you seduce the opposite sex and i think she was actually accidentally seducing him definitely a way to look at it but the fact that the dentist's office had a window peep show for people to watch as he did his dentistry made me think that he is only in business to bone his customers on the regular i think he was also just a lothario I don't, I don't, I wouldn't put, I, I wouldn't put it past that. I don't think it was like a forethought like that. I think he just liked to have sex. I don't know why else you would have a man in a nurse's uniform drag come and bring you into the back office where there are rings on the outsides of his gloves as he sticks his fingers into your mouth and gyrates on top of you while trying to file your teeth down. I don't think that was a man. I actually think that was a woman. I think that was just an unfortunate looking woman. Like the hairdresser. Exactly. Like they purposely cast these people. Purposely. I don't think it was a purposely thing. No, I I mean they they cast them. They wanted wanted a look. They they picked a look for... (laughs) For all these weird characters and these weird character vignettes, at certain points, the movie veers into absurdity. Like the dream sequence. There was, like, she has this nightmare where she's running down a hallway away from the werewolf who is, and then, by the way, they needed to do another take of that damn uh, scene because obviously they, they only had it for a very short amount of time and they're running she's running away from the werewolf but they're like they're running away they're jogging he's drafting behind her he's getting wind resistance off her he's like he's not even like a half step behind her and it's very like you and i are further away from each other than he was from her and then at one point like he grabs her and she's like oh no don't get me he's like what do you mean she's like i'm having a nightmare and he's like are you sure turn around and then all of a sudden it's a random rotting dude it's like it was bad effects too and then then it was a dream within a dream and then it was the same effects again and it was was really strange and then it's like part of his seduction routine it was really strange. If you're trying to tip, guys, if you're trying to seduce a woman, best not to make her forget all of your seductions from the previous day and then get yeah. back at it again later. 
Yeah, and like, and then he like he brings her into the because he owns a pet shop apparently. In the back of the pet shop, it turns into a forest with owls and monkeys in cages and a bed and a glass of live goldfish on his drinking bar where he makes martinis. And again, it's like it's all this weird stuff that you can't tell if it's bad writing or if there was a different movie in here because he puts a live goldfish in her martini. She looks in, she quickly puts her hand in, flicks it out, and downs the whole thing and says, "Another one, please." Uh, this time without the fish. Like she, it's so surreal that if it was all intentionally like that the entire way through, I would applaud it for its commitment to the bit. <laughs> Yeah, like um, uh, monkey bone. Like when they were in the 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 coma land, you know. Like when when you commit to something like that, it's certainly something. But I'm you... just now imagining Brennan Fraser as a werewolf, and I can't get it out of my head. I feel like he's already been there, but I'm not sure. Mm. Anyways, um, so and then and then she like orgasms getting meat from a deli and then it's the random couple who have stopped on the side of the road to figure out where they are and they turn to see her singing in her car with hair on her knuckles as she's eating a giant steak bone and the old man turns to his wife and says honey would you look at that a singing werewolf you don't see a lot of them nowadays and they both just smile and nod as she waves goodbye and drives off and i'm wondering what is happening in this movie the the daughter has a halloween party and the halloween party they they show random shots of the kids like getting drunk and like passing out in, on each other which is okay but there's way too many shots of it and then she's in the bathroom trying to shave everything off and it's like they have way too many like of these random shots of her clipping the hair off and shaving her legs, trying to get all the hair off, and then it shows the line of the people waiting outside, and that like that whole entire scene could have been handled better because she's like trying to figure out like oh my god what the hell's going on, and then she wakes up the next day and then it's all gone. And her Why? daughter's friend keeps trying to corner this boy that she likes into listening to her rant about monsters. Ralphie. Ralphie. And, and the way she says it, too, I cannot hear anything else besides a Christmas story. Ralphie! She goes the next day. She has a hair appointment. Uh, that night, uh, her husband comes home. He tries to get frisky with her. Feels her leg. Thinks it's the dog. She's like, oh, I'm, 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 I'm feeling hot. So let's just go right to bed. And she's, like, covered in hair. Her ears are pointy. She has sharp teeth. She wakes up the next day. Nothing. She doesn't have hair. She doesn't have teeth. Nothing. And, like, her daughter's like what the hell is going on? I saw you last night. And it's like, that stuff wasn't makeup. What the hell's going on? And she goes to the hairdresser. There are no rules about when she turns and yeah, what she remembers. It's so effing strange. And like, they don't pre- uh, preset any of the rules either. So, well, they try, they go to confront at the end. They're trying to save her mom. And the guy comes to the house. And he's already bewitched the daughter to let her think that he's a friend. And they're just holding their cloves of garlic and crosses in holy water. He literally just stands in front of her and takes a bite out of the garlic, puts the holy water on him as aftershave, and just tosses the cross to the ground where the dog gets it and just walks inside. That that part, I have to admit, was funny. If they had done it a little bit quicker, if it was a little bit quicker paced, it would have been a lot funnier and it would have been a great scene. I do enjoy when they have the lit from behind shot as the garage door opens and the daughter comes out dressed 
as a hockey player Joan of Arc ready to fight the monster. And then, like, they go upstairs and they call the cop. Oh, the at one point she, because she seduces her husband and they have sex, uh, but she's wearing, like, lingerie and she thinks she's still having a nightmare because her teeth are real sharp and she runs outside because she needs to go see a dentist and her neighbor walks by and sees her in the lingerie. She's like, oh, um, just needed to get a breath of fresh air. And then she runs back inside. And the the uh, the neighbor is like, ooh. He shows up again later. Again, so that's the first time you see him. And you think it's just like a one-off character. In the insane 10-minute finale of this movie, you see him again. With a choke chain and collar around his neck, wearing black spandex, and telling his dominatrix, do you see this over there? They're having an orgy. What a bunch of weirdos. He holds a binocular up to his face to watch them get it on. They're dressed as gorillas and going at each other. Oh, that's disgusting. This isn't how civilized, Christian, God-fearing folks should be. Uh, eventually, something flies to the window and hits him in the face, implanting the binoculars in his face. He lets down his hand and then, and then uh, says, now I'm calling the police. Again, like, there's this absurdist humor that's dying to get out of this movie. Th- you get these random bursts of it, and it's so out there and when it works it works really well i will say the guy who plays the werewolf actually does have some sort of acting talent because he's got this look down acting talent he has this look down they give him red eyes obviously when he's seducing and being seducting but they make it so he's not conventionally attractive but he's very enticing He's very intense, and you look at him, and even if he's not conventionally handsome, you're still intrigued by him. He's like a, a burger with uh, some extra things on top of it, like with like barbecue and maybe some bacon on it, and like there's a little bit of grease dribbling down it. It looks good. You know it's bad for you, but it looks good. <laughs> And I know that if big Hollywood got their hands on this remake, they'd cast Ryan Gosling or something as a vampire. Now, see, I would hope they would do someone like, um, someone a little older, maybe like Josh Brolin or someone, someone that is handsome, but a little more unconventionally so. Leave Schreiber. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. So, they, the, the two werewolves fight, the daughter comes in and has something made out of pure silver. She only found one piece of silverware in their house because her father is such a cheapskate. <laughs> Ends up stabbing him. And- I'd like to talk about werewolf lore for just a quick moment here. Because this movie doesn't do that, but there's something that's always made me wonder. So, a human being, you can kill in a variety of ways, but there's no one sure fire way that if you did that, you know they'd be dead 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 i mean you could decapitate but that works for every other monster so when you look at a werewolf and you say you have to use silver silver knife silver bullets silver is the only thing that can actually hurt it i wonder then is it actually more vulnerable than any other creature because you know there's one surefire way that no matter how terrible you are with it it's gonna do negative impact like if you shot me with a silver bullet, I may live from that. If you shot me in the wrong place. Or yeah. if you grazed me with a silver fork, 
I wouldn't take it, but I think the idea just behind lore of monsters and lore of how to take them out makes them so incredibly weak. There is, I, I don't know the rest of the movie at all, but there is a movie out there, and I'm pretty sure it was in the 70s or the 80s, where there is a vampire in the city, and I want to say it's like New York, and he is sitting in like a nightclub or a restaurant, and a guy comes in, and he shoots him, and he shoots him like square in the chest. And he's like, what the hell are you doing? He's like, I shot you with a silver bullet. He's like, that's werewolves, you dumbass. And it's and it's so like... That's what I'm saying. Like, nothing should be able to take that. It, if, you de- if you decapitate something, it's done. There's a lot of authors that like to change the mythos to either fit their needs or to adjust for those kind of problems. Because there are other mythos with werewolves that say decapitation is a way to kill a werewolf. Or if you kill them when they're in their human form, it will kill them. Or if they're in their wolf form, if you kill them with a silver cross, or if they touch silver when they're human, there and there's, there's going to be a werewolf expert. And there should have been something set on fire, because he hated fire every time he saw it. I was okay, really waiting so for... Was that, was, was that what the yep, whole thing was? every time, okay, like, when, when a flambe dessert came out, or when the guy was trying to have a smoke, they kept doing that, he ran away because of the fire, and I'm like, that's going to come up to play later in this. And it was like the smoking gun. It never showed back up again. Yeah, they okay, so that's so that's what they should have done is they should have stabbed him and then like Put hit him, him with a stake fire. and then lit him on fire or something like that. Because, like, with vampires, I mean, that was the thing, too, is with vampires, it had to be a stake through the heart. But now see, I was you can watching... set them on fire, you can de- decapitate them. Yeah, I was watching Blade 3, and they set up Blade by having a guy pretend to be a vampire. This guy gets staked through the heart, and Blade's just standing over him saying, you know, you should be dead. I staked through the heart, you should be dead. He's like, I'm not a vampire, I set you up, these are fake teeth. And all the while I'm thinking... You are a human being with a goddamn stake through your heart. You're dead. <laughs> First off, why are you watching Blade 3 beyond Jessica Biel and Ryan Reynolds? Oh, that, that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. And when were you watching this? That's another <laughs> thing. That's like I remember watching that forever ago. I think it was one of the first times I ever saw Ryan Reynolds. Oh, I had to brush up on all of my monster trivia for this movie. <laughs> Man, that was one of the first times, I think that was pretty, I'm pretty sure that was one of the first times I ever saw Ryan Reynolds outside of uh, Two Guys, A Girl, and A Pizza Place. Is Jessica Biel a better uh, archer than Hawkeye? Mm, no. She uses a bow that burns at half the heat of the sun. I think she's better. Yeah, but Hawkeye is inherently a better archer because he can literally be moving on a space, a mini spaceship, and shoot things that are moving and hit them dead on. If you say so, I think we should probably have a test with them and Katniss and Legolas and see <laughs> who comes out on top. Anywho, here's my uh, my weird connection. So you keep saying that Hollywood, in their infinite glory or infinite wisdom, they need to remake a bad movie. They need to remake bad movies. Like one could say they need to remake Fright Night. Even though, or the, sorry, they remade Fright Night because they Fright Night was a bad movie. I never watched the original Fright Night, and I actually didn't watch the remake, though I want to. However, I submit to you that they've already remade this movie. What's it called? Cursed. And you, you know exactly what movie I'm talking about. Yes, don't I do, because we watched this at Halloween a couple yes, of years ago. Because it's so awesome. <laughs> if uh, you say so, babe. I mean, you get to see Milo Vint, uh, Vintel Mangluvia. Yeah, no, say his name right. Vintel Mangluvia? 
Milo Ventimiglia. The G is silent. Venti 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 tall double latte. Yes. Venti no calf, half milk skim. Venti my Sharona. <laughs> my Sharona. Uh, you get to see him beat up by uh, Jesse Eisenberg. You say that like I'm fulfilling some long prophecy that you know, every Gilmore you, Girls fan is waited but for. Also, Christina Ritchie. But also, and, and also, it has one of the funniest uh, middle fingers I have ever seen in a feature film ever. I I'm not going to spoil it for you guys. Cursed is one of like those guilty pleasures that not a lot of people saw, which surprised the hell out of me. It's from Wes Craven. Wes Craven made a werewolf movie. That alone should entice people. No, I think the problem is, Aaron, that much like shrinking movies, uh, werewolf movies are a real hard sell. No one's making... It was remaking Dracula 60 times over. No <laughs> one's remaking yeah. werewolf. All right, so here's where here's one where they did it. They did a good job. It's it does suffer from some typical tropes, and the twists are easy to see. But the thing is, is Christina Ritchie and Jesse Eisenberg do a good job, and honestly, that they're the reasons why I watch it. That why I watched it when I was younger, and why I watch it now. So, but I submit to you that they have already remade this movie. Because A, it's a werewolf movie in suburbia, and it's not American werewolf in London or Paris or whatever. And if you think about it, it's a similar setup. A family is torn apart by lycanthropy. Okay, so you already have that overall premise. You have one main character who believes in it and one main character who doesn't believe in it. The main character who doesn't believe in it has issues with their mother, one of which who is alive and the other one who is dead. And they go through different signs, and it is a long process versus a very quick process, sometimes that you see with werewolf movies. And also, they are warned by a gypsy who not only can actually see things, but is also puts on a front that they may be more powerful than they are, but they actually do have the gift. I don't disagree that those connections are there. I do wonder if these are tropes that exist in a lot of movies, though. True. Now, um, if they did but, remake it as Cursed, I think Cursed is the better movie, so I think Oh, yeah, they... if we're going to do old versus new, Cursed is better. Cursed is a better, has better humor, better direction, better cinematography. Now, I would say that Cursed is Wes Craven humor. My Mom's a Werewolf has a different kind of humor. My Mom's a Werewolf has humor that is surprisingly modern. Do you get the sense, not like the bad jokes, like... The real good jokes, like the tongue-in-cheek, fourth-wall-breaking jokes. I like those... the, I, I like a second opinion. You got to You might. You need to get to know her first. I could see that. It that weird timeless humor. Have, having the two people who are complete sexual deviants as neighbors looking at them and saying, "Oh gosh, look at these two weirdos." Left fucking field. It's and especially with the last ten minutes, we're gonna. I tell you what, we won't spoil the last 10 minutes, but it devolves into sheer lunacy. We have two werewolves tussling it out in the top room. We have the father, upon seeing this, literally turning into a makeup version of a vampire. Like, he's had all the blood drain from his face and is just so, like, scared and frightened by what he sees. Two he, he's, in, a, he's in shock. 
two incompetent police officers who do no sort of help except, again, supply more humor, a gaggle of people laughing as the corpse of a werewolf is dragged outside. the, the neighbor making jokes the entire time. The decision to immediately call a news reporter to explain that werewolves are real only to have that news reporter utterly fail at giving an interview because she can't stop talking long enough to get a response from the people she's interviewing the worst news reporter ever there are so many crazy said things that fall into place here especially with the ending where it turns out and again i won't spoil this part either because it's stupid i mean it's it's 80s it's 30 years old let's just fucking spoil it because i actually saw it was quote-unquote spoiled for me in the the comments but i really i didn't see it coming oh so it ends the mother is saved the werewolf destroyed everything's hunky-dory again in life and the husband and wife are having this conversation in the bed about no more football no more football well except on super bowl and maybe certainly and kiss kiss fade away we see the daughter talking on the phone to her friend she's like listen i just read in this latest magazine issue that if a proper exorcism is not applied to the deceased werewolf the person who killed that werewolf will develop lycanthropy and she's like you have been reading too many of these good night and then she yawns and you see the teeth and it just and then cuts straight to black and And then you hear wait get back help me bring the magazine bring issue 12 could have that been fun to see a sequel but it's it, it's it's that eighties kind of like that build up like they, they did do a sequel huh? it's called Teen Wolf. <laughs> no, it's called Teen Wolf Two. Mm-hmm. Back in Jason the hood. Bateman. <laughs> Back in the hood. In space. In space. <laughs> in Las Vegas. There is a lot to be said for this movie. Is it as dumb as laughably outrageously dumb as Tammy the T Rex? No. But Tammy the T Rex is beyond saving. It exists in its own thing and nothing can be done with that, no matter what technology advances. You will never get a different, better movie out of Tammy and the T Rex. However, I think with my mom is the werewolf, there are humors. There are cool storylines. There are character arcs that could be cool if explored upon today. Were I to read somewhere that someone is remaking this movie or redoing this movie, that would be one where I would say, you know what? They couldn't do worse. They could not do worse. Is it as laughably fun as Timmy the T-Rex? No, but no. it's objectively a better movie. And I think the next time we do one of these, we gotta go deeper. Oh, gosh. We gotta go Nessie and Me levels. Okay, well, Nessie and Me was made on a shoestring budget today. And if a movie is made that cheap today, it's trying to be bad. If a movie is made on a shoestring budget back in the 80s, there is a 50-50 chance it was actually made by people with heart and passion who were trying to get a product on the screen. Yeah, but we gotta find that company that made the Nessie and Me. Oh, we saw well, we saw every one of those trailers. They all looked terrible. Oh, God, yeah. They were all terrible. And they all looked like they were filmed in the same place. Same stock photo family 
of actors. Yeah. I don't even think this one... I mean, do you want to give it a we rating? We didn't rate Nessie. Yeah. We didn't rate Tammy. We can't rate this either. So, Every once in a while, we just like to goof off. This is our goofing off. This is our goofing off. And I'm I'm really hopeful that the next one is going to be kind of a unique one. Because I'm really hopeful that, uh, that we can do this one. Because this next one is going to be fun. Aaron, I'm meaning to talk to you. Every time you tease what we're going to do on the next episode, we never do that thing on the next episode. You gotta stop toying with my emotions. Well, see, this one, I'm, I, I'm, I'm going to say that we need to do because it should be kind of easy for us. Well, if we actually do it. We will be doing it from our new house and our new podcast studio. Oh yeah, the, the uh, prelude to uh, the podcast studio, rather. I'm very excited. I got to guest on Authors and Abstract this week, and they had uh, the room devoted to the podcasting. Uh, maybe not as intimate as ours, just because it's just the two of us. But they had pictures everywhere of all of the social medias and websites they were on. So whenever they had to do their plug party, they just turned to the wall and read off that. And uh, I said, that is something we need to have to appear to be more professional than we actually are. But Yeah, so if- shout out to uh, Authors and Abstract. And then uh, also shout out to Beacon House Podcast, because... Uh, I was called out on their podcast because I did write it. They had a mailbag episode, and that was the question that I asked was the uh, universal monster. I was did the second anyone, last one. Did anyone give my answer of the Hunchback no. of Dom? Nope. I think the the two answers were um, Creature from the Black Lagoon, which two of them did, and it was either Frankenstein or Dracula was the other one i so. tell you if you were the black lagoon i'd go for that one especially after shape of water absolutely <laughs> the fish banging movie fish banging movie so uh shout out to them and uh casey if you're listening i reciprocate that nice big warm hug that i received via the podcast that you gave and uh i give you a nice big one and i stroke your beard a little bit oh, i want big podcast hugs all right i give you one then too Ooh. you know what I'm feeling generous. I give everyone who's listening a nice big podcast hug. I'm going to give all the mamas a big podcast hug and all of the graduates a big podcast hug. Oh, yeah. It's, it is graduation season. So if, if for all those graduates, you know, if any of them actually listen to our podcast, uh, if you guys are listening, congratulations. The job market sucks, but congratulations. Good luck. We're all counting on you. <laughs> Moms, uh, don't worry about a damn thing. Go enjoy yourselves. <laughs> anyways. <laughs> uh, yeah, hopefully next week will be, uh, or the next episode rather, will be actually from our new place. And then maybe we can actually pick a movie that I want to do for my birthday. That might be fun. Yay. Uh, so until next time. She's been Elizabeth. He's been Aaron. And And we're we're married married to to the the idea. idea.